Welcome to Lean In to Learn. I'm host Carrie Mealy Holmes, and thanks for joining me today. Lean In to Learn is a series focused on insightful approaches and forward thinking perspectives related to continuous learning. The program is a workplace education Manitoba project funded by the Government of Canada and the Manitoba government. I and various carefully curated topic matter experts will introduce you to a vast array of tools, resources, and personal journeys that will educate and empower you to deliver real-world training and tactical solutions in your workplace, as well as build individual skills for success. So, settle in and open up your hearts and minds as we lean in to learn. This is a continuation of our previous episode of Lean In to Learn. So welcome to part two. So how do we get to great collaboration? And without it, again, are we people who are showing up to the building at the same time? Gosh, that just seems less effective to me. So having a common mission and a shared purpose is so much better, right? And it really is that jumping off point. So if we don't know what it is we are working towards... How can we collaborate? Or if we have competing priorities, how do we collaborate? Now, I think about my own career and my work life, and there were times where I was asked to just do a job. There wasn't a lot of consideration of my many talents and abilities or my weaknesses for that matter, right? Over the years, though, I've noticed a shift in workplaces and the way that we operate within workplaces. And maybe you're thinking back to your first job too. Was it at A&W in White River, Ontario, like mine was? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, as we look at back on our various jobs and, and the way that we've applied a collaboration and teamwork, maybe we've seen a bit of a shift. As leaders and as talent seekers, we are seeking out talent. And we identify those weaknesses. We're impressed by strengths. And we use this information in order to work better together. And thank goodness. Right? I remember one awesome, super cool job I had. I was doing really creative work. It was exciting. And I worked with really amazing people. My boss, well-intentioned, let's give this person the benefit of the doubt, would point out my faults and weaknesses, which I know are many. But I also have a pretty, you know, a couple of <laughs> cool strengths as well. But guess what? I dreaded going to work. I knew that my lack would be highlighted despite... winning national awards for the cool work I was doing. So can you imagine that dream job, loving the job, loving the work, but there was this component that, you know, led me to be feeling a little bit less than. And again, I do believe that this person was (laughs) well-intentioned. I have to give them that, that perhaps they were seeing this as an opportunity to point out my weaknesses, to bolster them so that I would only be full of strengths. (laughs) Is that even possible? Now, I think of the yelling coach and I have yelling quote coach. I hope you can hear my body language in quotations. The one that's yelling at the athletes to do better. The what were you thinking? You call that a pass. And then we see the chins of the seven-year-olds hanging low. The defeat. Is that truly how we get to collaboration? Now, please don't misinterpret. I'm not saying that we don't ever correct or provide constructive feedback. In fact, we have to. So let's consider the how of delivering that feedback. And in our case the today, the how of collaboration. 
It's important to note that there are different types of collaboration. And according to mindtools.com, there are two main ways of collaboration that we can use depending on what we're hoping to achieve. So number one would be open collaboration. And number two, any wild guesses? Yes, closed collaboration. So with open collaboration, we bring people in from outside or inside the organization to solve problems and bring new insights. You can imagine that this works well for big challenges as we look for anyone to respond and to help out. In this way, we are able to use the diversity of our network, considering skills, attitudes, abilities, knowledge, education, and of course, everyone's favorite for better or for worse, experience. Now with closed collaboration, this style of collaboration works best when we are needing a specific issue solved. Now, this may require more targeted skills and abilities, and usually a much smaller group, comparatively speaking, to open collaboration. MindTools is a really cool website that offers great insights on a variety of different topics when it comes to workplace and tells us about other types of collaborations as well, including cross-functional collaboration. Now, this involves working with people who have different job functions. Think about your own workplace. Is there only one person for every, you know, same department and we're all doing the same thing? No, we have different departments, right? Marketing, technology, customer service, for example. And all of this helps us to achieve a common goal. Cross-cultural collaboration, here you work with people from other countries or cultures to learn about different markets and encourage innovation. I think that's the benefit of living in the country that we live in, where the whole world works here, and we're able to really understand and utilize that knowledge that we have about cross-cultural collaboration. Now, considering cross-functional again, working with people with different job functions, I always find it interesting when I go into a workplace to work with people who do production, who do maintenance. Let's talk manufacturing, for example, who are executives sitting in offices and then the people doing the work. Understanding all aspects of the business helps us to be able to collaborate better together. Right? If we don't ever know what other people do, we don't need to know the ins and outs and every detail of their job, but understanding that function. Think about production is a really easy one, right? We have people who work the machines. We have people who fix the machines. We have people that take the product, the really cool products and stuff that people are building, package them, label them, send them out, ship them. And really cool products and abilities show up at our, our doors and we're able to use them. And that's how you know, a workplace would function. So we consider that collaboration within a workplace, that different level of skills, knowledge, and abilities that are needed. So cross-functional collaboration, perhaps that's sometimes why we see cross-training within an organization. Even if we don't always use the same abilities that we're able to understand why and how people are doing their jobs, I think it gives us, you know, insight into what they're doing. And perhaps if we could bring in the F word today, of feelings that we might have a bit more empathy for the work that other people are doing. Now, one other type of collaboration MindTools tells us about is virtual collaboration and nothing like the past few years to introduce this to us using apps like uh, Skype, Slack, um, Asana, Google Docs. These are all ways that have made it easier for us to come together and collaborate, even if they work in different offices or countries. Personally, I love using Google Docs. I love having that openness. I'm a wide open person. I like to everything to collaborate and to share. And Google Docs is a place that I have found a lot of ease in being able to do that. Not that the jobs are easy, but having that ease in a way of communicating with others. 
Now, working well with others means a level of awareness of our own listening and observing skills, including both verbal and nonverbal communication. So in these apps, these virtual collaboration tools, right, we may be missing that component of the body language, which we mentioned before is 55% of our communication, but we definitely still can have tone in the way that we write. And especially, you know, we uh, can understand that what the information that we're sharing. And so if we can understand ourselves, right, and our own abilities and how we communicate, the better off we will be in working with others. So let's talk about whole body listening for a second as part of collaboration. Whole body listening means that we're listening with our eyes, our ears, heart, and our minds giving undivided attention. And I don't know about your body, but my body has two eyes, well, six if I include my progressive glasses here, um, two ears, a heart for empathy, for understanding, and then of course a mind for undivided attention, and compare that to one mouth. Right? So there's some sort of ratio here. I'm not great at math, but there's some sort of ratio here with how we're bringing in information versus how we're maybe delivering it. So it's interesting to look and realize that ratio of listening to speaking. Now, we can't talk about collaboration and communication without bringing in intention. Now, I believe that society has started to understand intention and we hear things like, it's not my intention to offend but, right? And then the person goes on to say something incredibly offensive, but it wasn't their intention. So I guess we say that's okay. <laughs> um, when we consider intention, it's really important that we're aligning our behaviors, okay? Or what would we consider our behaviors, our body language, the words, the tone, right? With that intention. So think back to the yelling coach for a second. Come on, athletes, do better. What were you thinking? You call that a pass, right? Or my my boss, right? Their intention in pointing out all of my weaknesses was to help me to get better. But in a sense, really diminished my ability to collaborate as I was so self-focused. And when we consider how our leadership is now, like let's look at people's amazing talents, their skills, their experience, their knowledge, you know, all of that cool stuff. And how do we set them up for success? Is my intention to build them and to set them up for success? Yes. Well, then my, you know, body language, my words, my tone better match that. The yelling coach, do better. What were you thinking? Right? What's the intention there? Well, I want to have a really strong team. Okay. Is that really how we're going to get there when people are feeling defeated, worthless, um, that they don't have anything important to bring to the table? So being really mindful of the way that we share our information, coming back to this idea of whole body listening and intention, can we match these two things up? Can we try harder? Can we do things on purpose instead of maybe just floating through our world? So how can I demonstrate my desire to collaborate? Number one, I hope you got the picture here, is to be a good listener, right? If I'm thinking of working in a team, I better be a good listener. I better be able to receive. A really funny and unfortunate example of this, of being a terrible listener, came in a workplace when one, you know, they're problem solving and one worker said, hey, I have an idea. This is how we're going to fix this problem. You know, what we need to do is X, Y, Z, Okay. The other person said, no, that's never going to work. What we need to do is X, Y, Z, saying the exact same thing. Now you talk about a quick way to diminish trust by being a terrible listener. If you're hey, if you're here to find out how you can ruin trust, be a crummy listener. 
And if we're here to build collaboration and to be this amazing team member, be a good listener. Pay attention to what's happening. Listening isn't just waiting for your turn to speak. Listening isn't formulating your own response. Even when the person is droning on about programmable logic controllers and pneumatic devices, if that's not your thing, be a good listener. That, that was a little, you know, shout out to me. <laughs> now, doo, 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 doo. number two is being intentional about how I show up as a collaborator. So we think back to maybe a bit of humility that's involved with collaborating with others and working on a team. I know what my skills, talents, and abilities are. Can I recognize them in others? And can I highlight them? I want to be open about, you know, my expectations. And then I also want to highlight those skills and abilities of others. And then that way we're collaborating, we're working well together. Can we also say that we bring a growth mindset so entering collaboration with the right amount of what I do bring and what am I going to learn, right? We see that. So if I know what I'm bringing to the table and I can be, you know, what I would call a righteously proud of that <laughs> and also coming in with this idea of what am I going to learn? How can I learn from others here? And finally, of course, trusting my team and their intentions. And let's just assume the best going in, can we? Now, this might be a new or uncomfortable concept for some people. Some of us come into a situation guarded, right? I'm going to wait until I can, you know, feel or know that I can trust people. I'm a big believer of just hopping in with that trust first off. Let's see where it goes from there. Let's assume the best going in. Now, let's consider the work of Stephen M. R. Covey in his book, The Speed of Trust. He reminds us of how trust can be like a tax in an organization. So the lower the trust, the higher the cost, and guess what? Productivity tanks. So the reverse is true. The higher the trust, the higher the productivity, and the lower the cost. So it just makes good business sense to lead with trust. Collaboration without respect is impossible. Collaboration without trust is impossible. Next time on Lean In to Learn, we will continue the conversation on collaboration and how we get there in our teams and some of the super cool benefits to collaboration in our workplaces. So thank you for joining today. I'm Carrie Neely-Holmes. <laughs>